coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. Here with the Doc, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. I mean, this we are going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the difference between a band aid and a trauma surgeon. We're going to talk about another death in boxing. Another one. We're talking, we just talked about one. The same one? Same one, and then another one. There was one like two days later after we finished our podcast last week. That's crazy. It's terrible. It's terrible. And then we're going to talk a little bit about um, the UFC 240, I think it was. Yeah. UFC 240 from, where is it? It was in Canada. It was in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Cold. I remember fighting there. And when I left, I came from L.A., where I was living in L.A., I had no idea how cold it gets there. Because I went up there just in my regular clothes. Because the fight was like two weeks away. I was going to go up there and do some training. And I, I had to buy some clothes when I got there. It was freeze. It was so cold. The first day I got there, I went. I did road work. My lungs froze over. I could barely breathe. It was like so fucking cold. Yeah, not, not pleasant. No, but it's a great it's a great town. I love I love Edmonton and I love uh, I love the province of Alberta. But I got to tell you, we live in the best climate because we were in Orange County for four days. It was so hot, man. I think it's hot in a lot of the country right now. But we got back last night. Fog, fifty five to fifty eight degrees or something. It's perfect. It's, it's the best. This is the best place to live ever. I mean, I just came back from Hawaii visiting my mom, and it's beautiful there. But it was a bit hot. I mean, you get out of the car. We drove to the, you know, like we went to the store. We get out of the car. It's just like a heat wave. It's like you just took a shower because it's hot and humid. Orange County is not too humid, but it's hot. And then, like, Vegas is fucking hot but dry. There's, like, different kind of heat. There's different kind of heat because the humidity kills you. If it's humid here and it's not that hot it's fine how was the wheelbarrow in the humidity it's good it started off like um it started off okay i didn't put as much weight as i usually have in it because i just put rocks in it uh, and they didn't add up to as much weight so i could tell so i thought i was cheating so i I decided to go down a little further it's like a it's like a two mile hill two miles down two miles back so i thought you know what i'll do a mile down i'll do a mile back so I'm di- I'm going down. And I'm just having a great time, and I'm like la da 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 da. Hey, what's up? Hey, there's some goats. Uh, there were some sheep. Uh, I'm going down. There were some ducks. There was like little farm animals. I'm going down my mom's hill, looking at overlooking the ocean, which is beautiful. And then I got to the mile mark where I turn around. I turn around, and my first step, going uphill with that wheelbarrow, I knew. I knew it was a mistake. I almost just like dropped the wheelbarrow and went home and then got a truck and brought it up. But I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm in no hurry. So I did the wheelbarrow. I walked it up and it was it was a very, very, it was like ours, I'd say. You know, I, I did have to stop more than I wanted to, but 
It was a good workout. So. It's good to be home, though. It's good to be, good home. be home in our weather. Oh, my God. I love it here. So we're back. So we were out of town, and there was a UFC. It was a UFC, and it was weird because in Hawaii, there's all this stuff going on right now. There's there's a, um, a mountain used to be... Uh, it's a volcano. There used to be... It's an inactive volcano, but Mauna Kea. Uh, and then... Um, there's par- there's there's like uh, telescopes all over because I guess it's like one of the best places in the world, country. It's the best places to you know check out the stars and the galaxies. It has like I guess a perfect view. Um, and there's so there's a bunch of telescopes on it, but I guess they want to build like the world's biggest telescope. I think they have low light pollution there, I guess. right? And I there's know. low pollution pollution there. So that's probably why it's a good spot. Maybe it's where it is, but it's where it is too, and it's a mountain. And anyway, so the the locals in Hawaii don't want this huge, um, multi multi hundred million dollar telescope being built, and the scientists and some of the other people there do because they think it'll bring more notoriety and money to the island, but the Hawaiians were. You know, a lot of the Hawaiians were um, protesting it. So, like, there's people on the mountain, and then there's, like, people, like, uh, chaining themselves together to block access to the mountain. So now people are, like, uh, they're, like, protesting on the other islands, too. Like, Oahu is becoming a big thing. And I I don't know that much about it, so I'm not, I don't pick sides. Like, kind of like Rock is over there. Uh, what's his name, Rock? I just know him as Rock, the actor. The actor. Oh, the Rock. Yeah, the Rock. Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson is there because he has roots in Hawaii, so he's like up there being a celebrity, and he's kind of like making the peace. He's like up there saying, "Hey, whatever side you're on here, guys, let's show respect, and you know, let's do everything." He was really good. He's like he wasn't like going in there trying to be like um, a lot of these Hollywood types when they pick one side of the political thing they like start crying and saying oh no you know they he went up there and he's like with all these hawaiians and everybody's like looking up to him because he's the rock and he's like instead of like picking a side he's like saying hey you know what guys both of you guys respect each other show dignity and that's the way we are here in hawaii and it was really cool to watch him he was kind of like making the peace but it's getting a little you know look getting a little uh it's getting a little ugly, but to be honest, um, it's a lot more respectable on both sides than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a lot more violent, and like when we're here, like they're chanting like with a vagina hat on, and they're protesting stuff. It just gets so old, and, I mean, so angry and so, so terrible. Um, but these guys, the Hawaiians... Everybody's like showing a lot of respect and dignity and it's really done in a peaceful way and I was super impressed. It was like I wish some of our like Antifa guys could take lessons from these huge muscular powerful Hawaiians and Samoans. You know, these little Antifa guys, they're like running around hitting people and shit and they they want to get violent. These guys are really showing us how to uh how to protest something with class. Kind of like in the old days when they wanted to like just get civil rights going. Like, hey, we're black, we're equal, let's go. You know, like Martin Luther King-ish. 
That's what I thought they were. I was really happy. Nice. So, so what side were you on? I'm not. A, I I don't know enough about it. I really don't. I've been trying to study a little here and there, but I see both sides. Um, I'm leaning more towards the local side because, um, who the fuck cares what's up there? We got enough to worry about down here. But then I can see that side where you know we do want to explore more, etc. So if I had to pick one side, I'd be on the local side. But with that said, I don't know too much about it. Well, I think the progress side has different angles, too. Because, like, here, where we live, I'm not interested in them expanding this place or bringing more industry here. It's nice the way it is. Yeah. And I'm sure for the Hawaiians, <laughs> they like it the way it is. People yeah. say, well, you're going to bring in more. a bunch of money. You're going to bring in scientists. It's, you know, it's bringing in, you know, some really educated people, probably. But they probably, you know, progress isn't always what people want. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I see that. I see both sides of that. Like, they want, they don't want the progress, and I understand it. They want the beauty. They want, you know, they want their sacred whatever land and stuff. But then, I mean, their biggest complaint is we don't have enough jobs and we don't have enough money here. So that might bring some. But I, w I don't think I'd want to trade the beauty of, of, of Hawaii uh, for a big fucking microscope so you can go study the stars. Yeah, but it's not like they're putting in a Walmart. They're putting in science. I mean, it's something scientific. It's scientific, but it's huge. And, it's, and and I guess the way they're building it, it's like the fucking size of a block almost. It's huge. I guess what they're doing is also going to disrupt like some of the natural resources, including they think it's going to mess with their water supply a little. Oh, that's so I see that. If, if, they, if that was anywhere in the case, I, I'm 100% on that side. But I don't know for sure. I didn't study it that much. A lot of them were up there, and this is their sign. So if you guys want to be pro uh, local uh, Mauna Kea, this is the sign to make. So you, if you make this sign, you make some friends. Okay, sounds like a plan. Just do that everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Okay. But anyway, so that's what, that was there. And speaking of Hawaii, Max Holloway, Max Holloway, who's from Hawaii, born and raised and bred there. Um, Took another huge step in his MMA UFC career, and he beat beat Frankie Edgar. Frankie I mean, Edgar, he's been around for a long. He was a lightweight, right? Yeah, uh, for a long he time. Was, yeah. Now he's fight. He's been fighting a featherweight for a while, I think. Yeah. So, have you met? Do you know Frankie Edgar? Yeah, actually, when I did the Ultimate Fighter, he was on that. On PJ's, I was on. Yeah, BJ Penn's side. I was. He was on the other side. Just a nice, quiet guy. Just, I mean, what's well, part of his legacy is him fighting BJ Penn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He just, I was on that. That's the season I was on, and uh, you you can't not like BJ Penn. It's like there's there's certain fighters like, you know, you can you can like or not like you know John Jones. You can like or not like Ronda Rousey. You you can love or not love like. Uh, um, T.J. Dillashaw, you know, but you cannot, cannot not like uh, Frank Yeager. If you dislike Frank Yeager, you, you are a douchebag. He came in as a big underdog in this yeah. fight. Yeah. So, and I, but I think Max Holloway always, seems like he always gets underestimated. I don't know why. Especially after his last fight against uh, Brian Ortega. Yeah. Um, I didn't see him being 
I was. He was. Uh, he, he. I think he. I, he in his post fight interview, he kind of felt like people were didn't think he'd be able to handle this fight. He was getting some hate before the fight about him not being able to deal with Frankie Edgar. But I think they were just saying like they could. I think they thought he could beat him, but don't try to. They 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 wanted to make sure you don't try to wrestle with him. And he was like, I can wrestle with anybody, but I mean, the fight was mainly with strikes. But um, but. Uh, you know, I think Frank Yang got one takedown, maybe. Well, it was a five-round fight, and I think two of the judges gave all five rounds yeah. to Max Holloway. So yeah. it was a unanimous decision. He, he's just so good. He's, he's such a respectful, nice guy. And I was watching a little video about him when he was in high school, and he won some, like, boxing or uh, not MMA, kickboxing title or something. And then they did an interview with him, and he looked so young. He was, like, in junior in high school or something. And uh, it was kind of sad. He was talking about his dad. He hasn't seen his dad since he was like seven. And his mom has raised him. And she's had drug problems. So he's kind of been bounced around. But he loves his mom. And he knows she's trying to get better. And he doesn't blame her. And he doesn't need his dad. He hasn't ever seen his dad. So he doesn't really care about him. But he loves his mother. It was really a, it was really a touching, uh, really touching video. But he's he's a great guy. Just the more I get to know about him, or you know, um, the more he presents himself. He's just such a great guy. Love I love when he brings his little son in around. He also talked a little bit. I think that motivates him too. But about the real risks of this sport, and about having these two boxing deaths in the last week, and then him going in the cage, and he had something. When he was supposed yeah. to fight Brian Ortega the first time, There's a where he had some concussion symptoms syndrome, leading up to the fight, and no one knows what it was. I think he said he got a bunch of tests for a couple months, and they no answer. So after this fight, he's taking it seriously and go back to his doctors, get checked out uh, before he fights again. Um, so I think he's taking his health very seriously, which is nice. Um, especially, you know, not knowing what he had. He was, like, slurring his speech, and people yeah. thought he was concussed. During his, I think even before his weight cut. Yeah. That was scary. Yeah. But he came out, and he also just came off a loss. Didn't Max Holloway come off a loss at 155? He yeah, fought yeah, um, yeah, Dustin Poirier. Yeah, Poirier beat him at 50. Yeah, so he but, didn't win the, the, double, uh, the double belt, but uh, he came back strong at 145 again. And, yeah, that's, that's great. He's having all those tests, and I wish all the fighters could afford it. I mean, but it's, it's, it's a luxury that um that's not afforded to to most fighters um and it would be great if it, if it could be it could be done but most most um most fighting organizations when you fight you're you're responsible for your own physicals which you have to have you have to have your medicals um and a lot of the a lot of the fight promotions will take care of any injuries you occur or concur in that fight but you're you're responsible for your pre-fight you know uh ct or mri or eeg or all your blood work and stuff like that which which is a burden i mean if you're a fighter and you're gonna make a thousand dollars maybe you know you gotta pay your trainer you pay your your other expenses then you pay your medical fucking medical is more than that so it's it's a it's a burden the medical so I'm sure all the fighters want to stay safe and, 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 and concussion-free, but 
I mean, they some some fighters just don't have the the means, the resources, to stay concussion free. Well, I think in the era of head injury, I, I would bring back something we've talked about, you know, a long time ago on our show here, which was doing just baseline neurologic testing, and they have to get back to their baseline before they fight. I know you can say, well, you get a CT scan and it's clear, but you can't see most of this stuff on a CT scan. You can have someone who's horribly impaired cognitively, and their CT scan's normal. So the CT scan isn't going to find everything. It'll find a major bleed. Yeah. It'll find stuff like killed these boxing athletes in the last week. But just for your pre-fight physical, making sure you're top-notch, having a standardized neurologic assessment in an injury where knockouts and TKOs are very common, I think would be really huge. And I think that would be another step to add on top of the USADA stuff with the drug testing is having a standard, is your brain functioning right before you get hit again. That's but, what should be I done. Mean, it, but then they get knocked out in training or dropped. They, that's a great, that's, that's all well and good, but who's going to pay for it? Most of these fighters can't. The UFC, can, just like the fighters yeah, aren't paying for USADA. They're not paying for no, all those drug tests the, for steroids. But, I mean, a hugely small percentage of the MMA fighters out there today are part of the UFC roster. Oh, right. Yeah, so, I mean, these UFC I mean, the UFC guys, yeah, they can, they're, they have a lot more um, resources at their fingertips. They even go to the UFC gym and get top-notch, you know, training and stuff. But that's a tiny, that's like... Well, every base- one of our high school athletes here at multiple high schools that plays any contact sport, including soccer and football and all that stuff, they all get tested every year. And they and they they snuff their nose at, at at any kind of combat sport. So combat sports not even allowed in high schools or colleges. Well, wrestling is allowed. Yeah, but they don't. That's not a combat sport. They they have uh, the incident in co- uh, in concussions for wrestling is oh, very concussions small. no. But yeah, the, so they get a lot of jo- they get a lot uh, of joint. I have plenty of patients yeah. from wrestling, but yeah, yeah not concussions. But but concussions are it. I mean. It's terrible to get a broken arm, torn torn ligaments in your shoulder, yada yada. All that shit's terrible. Jiu-jitsu. Did you just yada 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 my whole career? <laughs> what was that? When it comes to No. Wait a minute. We're talking about the band-aid. You okay? What? Okay. Well, okay, what would you rather Okay, let ligament me ask you. tear, shoulder injury, knee, yeah. yada yada yada. Okay. Okay. Okay, now let's put all those he on He really your... respects what I do. Let's I... put all those on your daughter. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather she had a ligament tear, a torn ACL, and a hip, a total hip, or, or a subdural hematoma? Yeah, I know. It's a critical function. It's, yeah, so I mean, my point is that's where the computer is. That's the consciousness. That's everything, and that's such an important thing. And, 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 uh, Which is why, at least in organizations... Maybe starting at the top and it works its way down. They should do comprehensive. It'll never standardized neurologic. It'll, it'll never work its way down. It'll never work its way down. It's because gotta start somewhere. I know, but you. It's like, it's they can't afford it because those those smaller shows, they're barely they're selling tickets just to pay for the fighters, you know, hotel room and this and that, and then to pay for the venue. So they don't have like you know the thousands of dollars for each fighter. So I, I think it's always been the smaller shows are the smaller shows, and the bigger shows like when you fought for Don King, 
boom, he'll take care of your medical, he'll take this and this and this. But when you're fighting down at Ventura County Fairgrounds for $350 for a six-round fight, you're on your own. Where were these deaths? One was on ESPN, and the other one was a he was an Argentinian or something. Yeah. I don't know where that boxing venue was. But these weren't, at least the one wasn't a small show. Yeah. Not I, that that pre-testing would have done anything for that guy. But, yeah, I don't know. But, but I think just uh, as we learn more about neurologic injuries, I would love to see some standardized testing, starting where it can be afforded in, in high profile, in, in, at least in the UFC. Because um, I think you can standardize. You're talking about, well, if the testing's not standardized, you know, you just get your stuff on your own. How does it work in the UFC with your fighters? They get their stuff through the UFC, their CT scan, their pre-fight physicals, or are they getting it on their own? I think the UFC takes care of their physicals. I'm I'm almost an, I'm almost a hundred percent sure. Like the during fight week. No, the pre-fight is before they even you know when they before take they the fight get there. to get their license to get a, a boxing. The problem is they're they're all over the world. Yeah, yeah, these guys are all over the world before then. Yeah, and each each uh, each uh, each organization is different, um, but but or each state is different, which has a different organization, sports commission, on what you have to do. But they're pretty standardized, especially in MMA, um, and usually they go by the UFC's model. Usually, every other MMA organization. Uh, wants to follow the UFC and does, right? Yeah. So it'd be good, but but for pre-fight stuff, that's the rules of the fight. For pre-fight stuff and that kind of stuff, they just don't have the resources. So it'd be great if they did, but I mean, and and like like we talked about before, MMA is really small when it comes to uh, chronic and and acute dangerous head injuries. I know they do happen, but very seldom. Where in boxing, it just happens all the time because you're getting hit all day, every day. You're just going to the gym and getting hit. I think the the big thing that's unknown right now is what's going to happen to these fighters as they age and they age out, and you get you get the CTE, which you can call whatever you want, but you get injuries that are from subconcussive, repetitive injuries where you didn't even get knocked out, just getting hit in the head. For three or five rounds, yeah, when repetitively, and then what happens to you twenty years later? And I think in boxing, there's a lot more data because it's been around as an organized sport a lot longer. Yeah, and it's it boggles my mind that at sixty, I'm thinking I'm at that age where that shit should have been kicked in by now, and I've been waiting. I've been waiting seriously for a long time. Like, I'm gonna wake up one morning just like. Where the fuck am I? And just go fucking nuts and start like seeing things climbing up the wall. And I'm like, it, th- I'm waiting for that day. I hope it doesn't come. But I it's... hope Heather takes away the guns before that happens. <laughs> Where I, am I? I, w- I wouldn't even be able to find one. I wouldn't even be able to know what to do with one. But I, anyway, so bing, that's what we got. So so that was the Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar yeah. fight. Pretty, uh, it was a unanimous decision. The fight yeah. before that was the other... Fight with a, you know, well-known fighter on the card was a Chris Cyborg. Yeah, and the other one, Felicia Spencer, who I didn't hear about. But it, my only downside with Chris Cyborg is the, that she cheated, and, and, and I have a really hard time forgiving people for cheating in a combat sport where you can hurt someone else much more badly by cheating. 
But it's hard not to like her. She has such a likable personality. She's so good. She's so she comes across so humble. Um, great trainer and and Jason, um, but um, it's just I think they're really rude to her. You know, like I think like announcers and and I think they just treat her bad and they say bad things about her that are just totally uncalled for. They're just like they're mean. You know, I don't like the fact that she did steroids, um, but you don't have to talk about someone's looks on fucking, on an interview or anything. I mean, it's just, it's just rude. I think it's really rude because I, I, I really like her as a person. Don't like that she does steroids, so I don't really think, I don't really like, like her career per se. Um, and I don't, I take that, I take most of the, her accomplishments away because of her steroids. I think. She wouldn't have made them without him. But I, I, I still don't think you should attack someone's, like, fate, you know, the way she looks and stuff. I mean, she has kids. I mean, her kids are old enough to watch these shows. And I don't know, man. I just, that that's my biggest thing with her. Yeah, and I think um, it goes down to the commentating during the fight. I think end of round one, Joe Rogan said, oh, she's gassed. She's tired. She's gassed. I don't know. She was uh, having to grapple a little bit with Felicia Spencer. I think she was using some energy, but she went three full rounds and looked fine. She was dominating the fight in three rounds. And I think I give a lot of credit to Felicia Spencer in this fight. She took some damage. She did not give up at all. She is one tough fighter. And I guess she's got a lot of ground game. We didn't get to see it. Um, so I think that was kind of her window of opportunity to win that fight. It didn't ever go there, really. Kind of a little bit, but yeah. But uh, she's tough. She is so to go three rounds to a decision with Chris Cyborg is pretty tough, anyway. But she went. She she ate a lot of punches and kicks, and she just kept coming forward. Yeah. So, I was yeah. I was impressed with her. Oh, that's good. She she lost. Yeah, and then so Max won huge for Hawaii. I love uh, I love when the locals win. I love I love Max Holloway. You can't not, you can't not like Max Holloway. And you can't not like... Let me just tell you how. You cannot like Max Holloway. I mean, the way he brings his kid in the ring and the way he's just such a nice guy. And you can't not like Frank Edgar. You can't not like either one of them so much. They love each other. They're so... They love each... They couldn't even dislike each other while they're trying to knock the shit out of each other. Frankie Edgar had his kid in the ring afterwards, yeah. too, and he was visibly upset. I, I mean, not his kid, but Frankie Edgar's upset and disappointed with his performance. So realized his kid. Max yeah. was really amazing. Yeah, um, and they, they had nothing but respect And I think he other. still has a lot of goals, Frankie Edgar. He was yeah. the previous champion, wasn't he? And yeah. He's a lightweight champion, so um, he didn't make that two-division champion thing either. No. But, but, you know... He's he's been an amazing fighter. I think he fought yeah. BJ Penn twice. I think so. Yeah, but so, he he's he, been around in this business a long time. Yeah, he's had his up and down, ups and downs, but mainly ups. So that was good. So watching the UFC, uh, it's it's been UFC's been uh, it's been prolific, to say the least. There's a lot of UFCs out there, and uh, I wonder how that pay per view did. I don't know. I don't know if Max Holloway carried that pay-per-view uh covington versus uh lawler when is that i think it's next weekend oh, shit. august 3rd yeah that's oh, this yeah. weekend yeah we gotta do it right after the belt ceremony we'll watch it right after the belt is it a pay-per-view no it's not no oh shit 
That's a fucking big fight. Lawler against Covington. Then we got Covington. We haven't seen in a while. Yeah, he's been. Uh, then, but then we got. But he's been. He's been running his mouth. He's been all over. It should be a spectacle. Yeah, it <laughs> should be. Else. Yeah, not that many great uh, name fights, but okay. So, all right. Yeah, last thing. And Jim Miller fighting. That'll be good. That. So the first two fights will be good. Other than that, I don't really care. But anyway, okay. So. Let's go over one thing self-defense-wise before we close up. We only got a couple minutes. I hear so much about self We at Hawaiian Kempo, it's our system. We don't go looking for fights. I teach people, you know, I teach people, uh, you know, go the other way, cross the street if you can, avoid a fight at all costs, never run away from a fight because it could get you hurt turning your back. But... Um, but so many people, they're just like, they're stuck on this de-escalation, talking it down. They think they can talk down. Some guy walks up to you in a fucking Walmart parking lot at 9 o'clock at night and shoves you up against your car and comes in like he's going to kill you or beat the shit out of you or put you in a coma. You can't de-escalate. Some people, you, there are evil fucking I've been watching the internet. People send me so many... Street fighting, street beats, street beatdowns, like attacks and shit. People send me that probably like, I won't exaggerate, probably three or four a day, a day, either by email, uh, Facebook Messenger, you know, my, Insta, my Instagram Messenger. They just, they send me these, they're awful. People are walking down the street and people come up and hit them from behind and then beat them and then go through their wallet. I saw a beating the other day where like three guys or four guys were beating this one guy. And when he hit the ground, they just start stomping his head. He was like in a coma. And, and there's people out there like that. You cannot talk them down. You cannot de-escalate violent fucking evil people. The only way you can beat them is you have to beat them with violence. That's the only way. You can't, oh, please, let's not fight. Hey, hi. They're fucking, they're, they're out to hurt you, rape you, rob you. You know, if you're wearing... Or just a, cause mayhem. There was just this yeah. thing in Gilroy yesterday. Yeah. They're just there to cause, cause trouble. It for no other purpose. Just to hurt people. They're evil people out there. You can wear a hat that has a, a political party you don't like. And the guy's getting beating. So to me, there's 99% though, 99% of the uh, of fights can be avoided because they're usually involving alcohol and that's like 94%, right? So you can, de you can de-escalate those like, sorry, I'll talk to you later. You know, that's de-escalating. Hey, let's not fight. That's de-escalating. Okay, that's, that's as far as that goes. Situational awareness, don't be in a bar. If you're in a bar... Fuck you. Everything else is... I can't even... I can't even... You can't even... Your situational awareness has failed if you're in a bar. So forget that one. But everywhere else, you know, you see somebody walking up to you in a certain way, you can close your door. Okay? You see a bunch of people that look like violent, you go around the other way. That's situational awareness. You sit in a restaurant, you just know where the front door is, how to get out if you have to. That's situational awareness. And 99% of the time, de-escalating and situational awareness 
will get you out of that fight or that attack. But that 1% of the time, that's where I come in. Okay? All those other things are like band-aids. Because a band-aid, right, if you put a band-aid on an infected arm with some neosporin, it'll go away. Okay? But if somebody comes up and cuts your arm off, the band-aid's not going to do any good. You need a trauma surgeon. Okay? That's what we do. That's when somebody's already grabbed you and they're about to hit you. That's when the, the real martial arts starts. All that other stuff is great. It's necessary. But it's not what I do. What I do is teach people, somebody's about to attack you in that, in that Walmart parking lot. What should you do? Somebody's already laid their hands on you. What should you do? All right. So you have to realize there's a difference between a Band-Aid and, and a trauma surgeon. And Band-Aids, I love them. I think 99% of the time, put them on, put some Neosporin on, yada, 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 it'll go away. But that once, 1% one, 1 of the time, when somebody's already attacking you, and they've cut off, you pretend they've cut off your arm. The Band-Aid doesn't help. You need a trauma surgeon. And that's when you got to start throwing your hands. It's kind of like me taking someone into the OR with a scratch. Same thing. It's a little yeah. overkill. It's overkill. It's overkill. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna stitch up or re-transplant a scratch. But I bet you if someone came into the OR and just got a motorcycle accident and they're fucking, you have to amputate their fucking arm. That's what I do. So that's when, and that's the difference, guys. There's sometimes you can't always think you're gonna talk your way or walk your way out of everything. So it's better to be prepared for the worst, and never have to use it, right? Then not be prepared and have to use it. Also, I, I would bring up the fact that if you are prepared, you're going to have a better time talking your way out of something, knowing that you can do something if you have to. Yeah, there's like that guy. You're going to be much more confident in dealing with de-escalating something, yeah, knowing that if it escalates, you're ready. So you'll be a better de-escalator if you could really be, if you could win that confrontation absolutely because if you can it's like you watch a stare down of two guys who are fighting almost everybody that fought uh mike tyson you could tell their stare down didn't work because it they knew they couldn't back it up physically no one could stare down mike tyson because they knew they couldn't back it up physically but i'll tell you what um um lennox lewis did a pretty good job at it because he knew he had the physicality. He knew Mike Tyson was already going down a little bit. He knew he could do it. Right? Holyfield knew he could do it. But 99% of uh, Tyson's opponents knew they couldn't. Looking at him stare someone down in his prime was just oh, something God. else. It was scary. That'll make you a boxing fan. Yeah. Mike Tyson. I think he was the greatest. But anyway, guys. All right. We're out of here. Thanks for coming. Greatest podcast in the world. Make sure you tell everybody about it. And please share this. Like it. Comment. Do whatever you can. Were you watching us on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, or YouTube? Yada, yada, yada. Whatever. <laughs>